love hitting the highway? It's time now for Road Trips Australia with The Dark. Broadcasting through Blue Collar Media in partnership with Top Parks. There's a Top Parks holiday for every family budget. Plus, become a Top Parks G'day Rewards member and save even more. Visit topparks.com.au. Yes, g'day and welcome to the very latest edition of Road Trips Australia, an Aussie travel podcast produced by Blue Collar Media in partnership with Top Parks and proudly sponsored by BF Goodrich Tyres and of course Great Divide Tours. Now every week we go into detail of Australian road trips and the attractions along the way, the must-do stop-offs, tips, information as well. We'll also put the spotlight on a top park, which are now called G'day Parks, and we'll talk about that later on, uh, that you can stop in on your very own road trip. The facilities, all the services that you can expect, the accommodation options as well, from caravan sites to camping sites to those beautiful on-site cabins and a whole lot more. Now this week our road trip takes us up the Bells Line of Road, onto the Great Western Highway, then onto the Castle Ray Highway, through Mudgee, Rollstone, Sandy Hollow, and back down the Putty Road. An absolute cracker. In fact, we're not even far from there right now. We also will take a look at the Golgong Tourist Park in Golgong, which is about 28 k's from Mudgee, so a perfect little stop off along the way. You too can be a part of the podcast. Just send an email to do that, bluecollarmedia.com.au. Click on Email the Duck, or just go to the Duck Facebook page. Look for the Duck Adventures Type that in, you'll find the Duck page and you can send messages via the Facebook page and we certainly respond to all emails and messages. Well, time to bring in my little partner in crime uh, with this podcast, Vic Whitman, who is the owner-operator of Great Divide Tours. And just a reminder, if you are looking for uh, that trip with a bit of a difference and you want to travel with people with numbers, you can go along with Great Divide Tours. They are the four-wheel drive tag-along tour experts, have been for a long time. He's on the line. Vic Whitman, g'day. G'day, g'day, and g'day, and oh mate, isn't it just great? We've we've got a bit of freedom. We're out travelling again, and every time I do one of these road trip things with you, mate, and I do a little bit of research for it, ah, oh, my feet get itchy. Boy, boy, do they get itchy? Yeah, I know. Uh, all it about makes it. you want to travel, doesn't it? Eh? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I know. And it's funny, you know, because the Putty Road, which is a part of this trip today, is only five k's from here. So, I know. <laughs> from the Blue Collarville studio, you little beauty. Home, it's a home it, game. I'm, I'm going to be throwing to you for the update on the, on what to see along the Putty Road when we get to that bit of it because mm. I thought this is this is your backyard, mate. But yeah. um, what a magic backyard. Well, what a magic backyard. Well, you know, the best part too is I'm actually five kilometres. I'm right in the middle. I'm five yeah. exact. I think I might be a little bit over 5K. It's probably about... Six k's from the putty, from, but I'm but I'm actually five kilometres from, from the bells from the bells line of road as well. So there you go. So the, you're the epicenter. Yeah, well I'm out here, mate, <laughs> and I'm allowed to go to Queensland. So there you go. Yeah, so, well you are. Some <laughs> of us are. Right? Yeah, oh, it'll yeah. change. It'll change pretty quickly, Vic. So um, anyway, yeah. but mate, it is a cracker. And look, the bells line mm. of road. We start off on the bells line of road, <laughs> northwest of Sydney. So obviously, if you're if yep. you're in Sydney, this road trip's for you. Um, it's a road that needs to be driven with a bit of respect. There's a a steep climb to uh, it, which kicks you off, and then a very Beautiful. steep decline at Lithgow when you where it ends. Yep. But oh, along Down the, the way, the there's a lot of lot of yep. twists and turns. And yeah. uh, and a road that, as I say, in winter time, 
uh, a road that needs to be driven very carefully, especially with black ice <laughs> on that road. It snows in yeah. the region as well. But it's a great yeah. drive, very, very scenic. It's got the works, mate. Yeah, and look, you know, this is literally on the doorstep of, uh, of Sydney, uh, 5 million people. Uh, sitting there wondering where they can go. And uh, this is a perfect road trip um, for a weekend, uh, two-day type of escape. Uh, you know, your car club, your bike club, uh, just on your own with the, the missus for a you know a nice, quiet weekend away up at Mudgee at the wineries. Mate, this is, this is just magic, and it's right on the doorstep. It's a perfect weekend escape for sure. And if you do it midweek, it'd be even better because it'd be a little bit quieter in some of the towns. But you know that it kicks off, as you say, right at the bottom of Bell's line of uh, or Bell Hill, and you, you climb up that very tight, you know, hairpin turns to get up the top of the the, the mountain there at Courageon. Watch out for the speed camera. <laughs> yeah, Courageon Heights, exactly. <laughs> yeah, to sixty zone, mm. um, and, and it's really interesting. Uh, whenever I cross over the you know the bridge down there, and uh, and we start heading up the up the Bell's Line. And each t- each part of the year, you can tell you know pretty much what time of the year it is by the the different um, trees that they've got along that stretch between Richmond, Windsor Way, and then up towards Bell itself. Because you know sometimes you've got the crepe myrtle out, other times you've got the the uh, the flowering azaleas and and etc. And then of course in autumn you've got all the beautiful changes of the colours in the leaves and so it's a, you know the, the local people in your area have done a great job and probably the local councils as well mm. you know of, of beautifying that area oh it's fantastic and then when you well this time of year now you've got the jacarandas <coughs> in bloom so they're everywhere oh yeah and yeah. Uh, they're absolutely yep. everywhere in fact there's a couple of people in our street have them and and, and you look you look along everywhere you look it's just this beautiful purple colouring and but you yeah, are man. right I, I, yeah. you are and look the thing is too if you have the time with this uh, at this stage, once you get up the top, there is a lookout at Hawkesbury Heights where you can pull up oh. and have a, and, and get some. You know, if it's a clear Done. day, you can see all the way yep. back to Sydney. It's an amazing lookout there. Uh, yep. A fantastic, and you go through that little village of Carajong Heights. Mate, I I, I did a, a recce for a trip that we were running only about four weeks ago, and um, and I I got up there and it was right on sunrise, and I. I looked out as I drove past that lookout, right across the Sydney Basin, with the sun rising and the mist sitting out. And I just had to, I had to stop. I turned around and went back and watched the sun come up. Got some beautiful photos, you know, with the mist down in the valley turning pink as the sun came up. Um, yeah, magic spot. And of course, at night when you come down, if you stop there, you've got all the beautiful twinkling lights. You know, it, mm. it's, it's and look, we I don't I don't reckon Sydney siders particularly appreciate. Um, how beautiful our own, virtually our backyard is, you know, that whole mm. Blue Mountains area. Mm. But, you know, when we get out of there and we start going across those Blue Mountains, and then, then we start to get into this beauty we're talking about. And, and there's a lot. I mean, you could just do a day trip just up in the, on the Bells Line of Roads. You can go out to Mount Wilson and the fantastic gardens are out there, um, Mount Irvine as well. And, and there's little little cafes and they've all got burnt the terrible bushfires last yeah, summer. Yeah, the Tutti Fruity. Mm. The Tutti Fruity of Bilpin burnt down. It's, it's now reopened. I, I think yeah, the one place yeah. where you would stop, I think your first stop, oh, would, be, yeah. would be the fruit bowl with the homemade <laughs> apple pies. Mate, you're, you're, spot, you're spot on. Yeah, I often, if I'm coming home, I'll pull in there and grab one of the, the giant family size homemade apple pies. Yeah, amazing. That is brilliant, mate. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. 
And there's another little shop. Look, I've never actually stopped at it, but you might know when you're heading west, uh, about halfway along, it's in one of the little little towns there. There's this really nice looking bakery, um, cake shop, cafe, bakery on the left, and it's always crowded. Mm. You know the one I mean there? I yeah, I do. Yeah, no, that could be the one. Yeah, it could be the one that the Tutti Frutti, actually, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. But you've also got the pie in the sky up there as well. That's, which, that's right, which, on the right. Yeah, yep. which yep. is um, which a lot of people, I know people who travel from Sydney, go for a drive out there just to go and buy a pie. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, look, they're, they're pretty good, but I mean, anyway, but but <laughs> it's a long drive for pie. But obviously, sure. up there, yeah. because of the climate, there is a lot of um, apple apple growers there, <laughs> and uh, yep. you'll see little market stalls along the side of the road where people are selling the apples directly to the public, and a lot yep. of produce up in that region. So, plenty of places and cafes to stop along the Bell's Line Road, including the little restaurant in Bilpin itself. Where there's yeah, the um, yep. the Apple Bar, I think it's called, or it might have changed now. Um, but again, it's uh, and there's an old service station there. Well, it's actually an old hardware store with a pump out the front, but if you, it, the, the the fuel pump out That's the right. front, the Bowser, yep. but it, it no longer operates. But if you go in there, there's a lot of antiques and knickknacks and things like that, and you can, it's like you say, you can spend a day, just a day trip on the Bell's just line of the road. Bells. Yeah, absolutely, and then you. And then you've got the fantastic Mount Tomo Botanic Gardens. You know, they were, they were only established probably 10 or 15 years ago now. So they're, they're, they're coming on beautifully. Mm. And, and they've got a lovely cafe up there as well that you can stop in. Um, and then, of course, you, you wind down. And, man, you've got some magic scenery after that. There's a couple of little turn-offs, little dirt tracks that are signposted. They don't go very far at all, a couple of hundred metres at the most. Some are even shorter. And then you park the car and you walk over and you you perch on those four hundred foot high sand sandstone cliffs, looking right across the, the, the valley there, cross towards Katoomba on the other side, and um, it's it's some of the most spectacular scenery. I mean, you know, some people rave about the Grand Canyon, etc. Uh, the views from up there are just as spectacular, mm. and uh, and and they're literally right on the edge of the Bell's Line of Road. Yep. Um, you do you do go past the turn off as I mentioned at Mount Wilson and Mount Irvine. Um, look at, at certain times of the year, spring and autumn, and like autumn, they are just magic. All the colours. There's a road there that you drive down where the trees are right over. It's all sealed road, uh, right over the road, constantly in beautiful shade. And of course, with the changing of the colours, you know the leaves are all oranges and yellows and that. That reflects down on you in this, you know, beautiful sunlight that comes through. And in fact, at times that road even has green moss growing on it mm. to give you an indication of how how you know damp it is quite often up there. And it can be foggy and misty at certain times of the of the day and certain mm. times of the year. But a lo- lovely big park there. I've been up there with my car club, and it's a lovely place to stay, mm. you know, uh, and visit. And um, and then of course the, in the springtime you've got all those fantastic gardens. A lot of those gardens will open up for public viewing, and um, azaleas, uh, uh, gardens, uh, all those you know beautiful bright oranges, reds, you know fantastic colours of those gardens. So and look, you know, a couple of dollars to go and see a private garden, have an afternoon tea in there. So just great. But as we go, there's so much to talk about on this, this track. And, we, you know, you, you rang me a little bit earlier. You said, oh, what will we talk about? And I said, oh, well, what about a trip up to Mudgee? And then I sat down and started to put it all together. 
And I thought, oh, my God, this is going to go for a couple of hours, but mm. you probably don't want me to do that, do you? Mm. No, exactly. And, and look, the one no, thing... Exactly. No, exactly. Right. No, we don't. No, we don't. But <laughs> look, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we're talking about a road trip that's... We haven't even started. I mean, we've done the... But we're doing yeah. the... Bell, we're currently on the Bell's line of road, which is the start of it. Um, the one thing which is closed for refurbishing at the moment, which is a must-do up there, is the zigzag railway at Clarence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, have you been on the train? When it, no, when it was I haven't. No, I haven't. You know what? And I really feel I regret that I haven't. And it's 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 they have copped a hammering. I think they've copped yes, a couple definitely. of bush a couple of bushfires up there, and it's it's yeah. basically run by volunteers and donations. It's but it is reopening in twenty twenty one, which is fantastic. But it it suffered yeah. through two disastrous bush bushfires that took yeah. out the shed where the carriages it took out parts of the track. Uh, yep. But a fantastic day, and, and look, it's it's good news that the uh, the zigzag rail, railway will reopen in twenty twenty one. They it was closed for a long time. They got it up and running, right. and then yeah. bang, bushfires hit, and uh, and it's right there. Whenever there's bushfires in New South Wales, you could bet you could bet um, your life savings <laughs> on the fact that there will be one up through yeah. the Bell's line of road. I've got to tell you, just on that, I drove up there not long after the fires. And yeah. I was amazed at the terrain. It was like I saw a truck and I thought, where's that truck coming from? But it was actually on the Bell's line of road heading in my direction. Yeah. That's the, to yeah. the extent that the road twists and turns. Because right. of, I looked out the window of the, the side window, the right-hand driver's <laughs> window, and, and could a, see this truck where, where yeah. usually you don't see that because of the trees. And it was... It, and and the amount of tracks that were evident in there as well that I had no idea were there. Just uh, right. quite amazing. It's certainly, it, but it's all obviously now. It's it's recovering and it's you know the regrowth <laughs> is on. But uh, like yeah. we say, if you get up there, if you want to go up there, and you, if you're not from around Sydney, but you want to take that plan trip up through this region, the zigzag railway is a must. And like we say, it'll reopen in 2021. And uh, I've been lucky enough that. To, uh, to actually do it when it was running, mate. You know, been on the zigzag and it goes down and, you know, um, twists through some, some tunnels and, and railway tunnels, etc. and it's the old steam train, so mm. you've got the, you know, the steam puffing away at the front and, and the boiler going and, 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 you know, I mean, you get covered in sort of smell and all that, but it's all part of the experience. Mm. And, you know, there are some people who are really into that, that, those, oh yeah, um, absolutely. Those it's steam train uh, yeah. rides, you know, they they're very enthusiastic. And, you know, they've run um, Harry Potter days on the trains and things like that. You know, mm, but they look if they if they get that up and running again, which would be brilliant um, mm. by all means. Everybody should jump on that at some stage. That brings you down into the coal mining town of Lisco, and you're dead right. There's a, a bit of a steep drop down into there. Got to take your time. I've, I've driven down there once and there was ice on the road. That was a pretty exciting experience yeah, sliding careful. sideways. Yeah. In wintertime, you've yeah. got to take a lot of a lot of care on the, on the Bell's line and in particular when you do come down <laughs> Scenic Hill. There's a little lookout on the left before you drop down if you've got time to stop at that. But you yeah, are right. Yeah, the POW, it's mm. got a big memorial there to the prisons of war. So mm. that's really lovely. And that looks right over, right over the, the valley that Lithgow was hidden in. And of course, in in winter you go in there, and and it's filled up with the the, the smell of burning coal because a lot of the, the the coal miners and all this was coal mining all through there. And Lithgow was a coal mining town, and a lot of those homes have still got the old you know, coal burners in the homes as they're heating, mm. you know. And the and the older folks still buy the coal and still burn it, and you can, you know, it's got that dis- distinctive smell that you can 
you, you, you get uh, through winter, and it's a very cold place, let me tell you. Mm. Um, but, yeah, look, in Lithgow, you've got all the supplies you would want. Join the Great Western Highway. Uh, don't, don't need to spend too long on that Great Western Highway. Just past the, the, the famous prison on the right, you do the left-hand turn onto the Castle Ray Highway, signposted to Mudgee, and then you start going um, up that way. Now, look, that road in itself, too. All these are great driving roads. Uh, the Bells Island Road, it's, the majority of it now is 60 or 80 k. There's a small mm. section of 100 k. They've slowed the traffic down a little bit because a few people get a little bit enthusiastic well, with their driving to, well, and that Well, it used to be 100 for a fair bit of it. <laughs> yeah, I think a few people to, still do yeah. 100 on it too, by the way, but some yeah, people have gone past me on there. But it's a great, yeah. it is a great road. But you just got to remember, too, you are sharing that road with trucks because a few truckies yeah, use it of. and you've just got to be careful. Yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, so we joined the... The Castle, the Castle Ray Highway, so the turn off to Mudgee in Portland and get on the yep. on the highway there. And look, you know, you go up up through Willerowang and, and Portland again. They're they're mining towns. A lot of the mining is closing down. It's all coal coal seam mining, uh, long long wall mining, uh, which means they they go in and they dig out the the coal seam from underneath the mountain. And in fact, you know, even some of our four drive trips is. Like all that area around zigzag and, and out the back of, of Portland, that is a mecca for full driving. Uh, and we run a couple of our day, day trips up there. And, um, you know, we, we go to an area where the, the ground is all cracked, where it's collapsed with the, the mining that's taken place underneath it. You've got these giant cracks all through the sandstone pagodas. And, and, and this is the sandstone pagoda country. In fact, the, the national park there is called the Gardens of Stone. And you, you get these uh, unusual rock formations, the sandstone that's weathered away at, at, a, at a different rate where there's maybe some ironstone through the layers of sandstone, which, which doesn't weather as quick. So you get these little platforms in the, in the rock structure. And uh, all that sandstone, of course, um, is, was laid down as a riverbed, or I should, sorry, I should say a, a giant ocean bed originally, many, many, many years ago. Um, and now it's just weathering away. hasn't been folded over, which is why we get these different structures or stepped-type mm. uh, rock structures, and, and it's called the Gardens of Stone. In fact, you know, just near there is a place called the Lost City, and I think I've mentioned before that I've, I've been you know, uh, uh, crowned as the man who named it the Lost City uh, back, back in the 1980s, mm. um, and I just named it because of all the unusual rock formations that look like old buildings that were starting to you know, slowly perish away and um, and there's quite a lot of that gardens of stone all along the side of the, the Castle Ray Highway as you're heading north out of uh, Port, Portland and, and Willerowing and um, once you, you cross over the railway bridge and you get up through the little towns of Ben Bullen uh, and, and uh, Cavity and uh, like they're, they're lovely little towns in themselves, they've got nice little pubs there you know where you can have a meal etc you know, not far out of Ben Bullen, you've got the turn off down to the Turon River National Park, uh, and yeah, you, know, you you can literally be down on the river camping within ten minutes of getting off the Castle Ray Highway, which is pretty pretty good. Um, you, the thing that amazes me, there's a big signboard you would have seen it, and it says the Cavity Valley, the the widest valley in the world. Cavity, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Say again. Cavity. Yeah, Cavity, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's the widest valley in the world. So it's even wider than the Grand Canyon. 
So, uh, again, you know, we were talking, I think, uh, in the last podcast about how how many, you know, first Australia does have in, in its history of, of different things and in its nature. Mm. So here we are with the Cavity Valley, the widest valley in the world. And and there is a great lookout. It's a bit hard to get to if you're heading north. You've got to like go past it, turn around and then come back and then turn into it. There's no right-hand turn into it as you head north for safety reasons because it's like on the crest of a hill and it's off to the right. So, But if you do stop and get in there um, and go up to the lookout on your short 100-metre drive, um, mate, you look right down the Cavity Valley and, oh, boy, that is really, really spectacular. Mm. Um, giant mountains, um, sheer sides on them, sheer tops. It's a, it's a very unusual um, formation of, of, a, of the hillsides. They're not rolling hills at all. Um, and, and in that area, I mean, you can do a turn off and do the run down to the old shale mining town in Glen Davis. Um, and I was down in there only a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that's a fascinating place where there's a shale mine. You can actually even do a tour around the shale mine uh, for about 15 bucks. I think it was a head, you know, and for a couple of hours with a local historian, which is really money well spent. Um, you can camp down at Glen Davis. There's the National Park campsite down there, which is a lovely ride on the on the creek there and, and a big open area to, to camp. But um, continuing north from there, look, not far up. Now, you've got your choice. You can continue straight up to Mudgee. Uh, and if you do go straight up towards Mudgee, just past the town of Ilford, um, you've got uh, Lake Windermere. Uh, lake Windermere is uh, it's a 20 square kilometre lake, uh, man made lake. Mm. And there's actually a campground in there. There's cabins that only cost between $90 to $110. There's uh, no ensuite or ensuite, depending on the price. There's camping, you know, like for $21 for a powered site, $13 for an unpowered site. Cheapest chips, mm. you know, mm. uh, and beautiful spot. And then you can go canoeing on, on Lake Winterby. Really, really pretty spot, you know. And that's, you, you drive right past the turn off of that on the, Castlereagh Highway. But look, if you're just coming back to Ilford, it's an, Ilford's just a blink at the toilet stop. There's a nice little public toilet on the left. On uh, There's a turn-off in Ilford which does take you down to the fantastic little gold mining town of Sapala. And, you know, and there's another day you could spend down there. Yeah. Uh, but just past Ilford, you've got the, um, the Bylong Valley Way, which turns off to the right. And that's the one that I would recommend you go, is you turn off the Castlereagh Highway because that'll take you out to the great little towns of Candos and Ralston. Now, Candos is a really interesting place. Yes. You know, um, the, the, the older folk would remember Candos cement, and that used to be the cement. Whenever you went, you know, if you're going to do a bit of bit of work at home, um, you needed to mix up a bit of cement. You'd go down to the local hardware store, and we used to have hardware stores in every little shopping centre in those days before the big Bunnings and all those, yeah. and, and you'd buy a bag of Candos cement. Well, it comes from the town of Candos, and in fact, that town of Candos was established in 1913 when they, they set up the uh, the New South Wales Cement, Lime and, and Coal Company set up a its own cement um, uh, mining and, and, and manufacturing, I should say, uh, of, of cement. Now, the real reason they did that is that that was the beginning of, of the First World War. Mm. And all of Australia's cement, would you believe, came from Germany. Uh, now, if, when you go to war with someone, they're not going to send you their cement anymore, are they? Oh, that's right. <laughs> you know, let's, you know, let's be concrete about this. Anyway, um, get that? That was pretty good. I yeah, thought it was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, let's keep it going, mate. 
just let me go to the keeper. Okay. So they they found that there were really good supplies of, of limestone. There was a limestone quarry in this area. Uh, there was good quantity supply of water uh, with the Kudjiong River. And in fact, they built a little weir, a little dam, which we now know is Dun Swamp, another fantastic campsite, beautiful setting. Looks very natural there, but it was it was actually built as the water supply for the uh, the manufacturing of the cement in Candos. And of course, they had the coal. They needed the heat to be able to fire up the kilns, and there was the, the local coal. So it was an ideal location for Australia, and particularly Sydney, the thriving town of Sydney back at the turn of the century, you know, to have its own cement supply. The really interesting thing is the name Candos was made up of the uh, the names of the directors of the company. Um, so it was taken from the various names. It was Campbell, Angus, um, Noggs, McDonald, Oakton, and Stephen. So that was spelt with a C. Anyway, the Postmaster General said, look, if you're going to call this place Candos, you know, it's got to be a K. <laughs> so poor old Campbell lost his initial and it became a K. So Candos is the, the name of the town. It's a beautiful town now. And the interesting thing is, mate, that the, 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 the cement manufacturing actually closed down mm. in 2011. And people were very worried that as a result of that, you know, the town would die. They're going to lose the majority of their of their workforce. Most of the people were employed in the cement works there. But look, I only drove through there the other, other day, and I have to say the town's doing pretty well. And, uh, and it's a lovely little place to visit. It's got a fabulous hotel right in the main street, a very ornate-looking hotel. Uh, beautiful park right across the road from there, playground for the kids, uh, toilet block there, etc. And then, of course, all the little shops and things that you would want. Uh, lots of little cafes. So, you know, Candos is, is doing pretty well, I think, and it's a great spot to stop along the way. The next little place uh, up the road on the Bylon Valley Way is the little town of Ralston. and it has about a population of about 600 people. Uh, but again, famous with its beautiful old stone buildings, some lovely cafes, um, little restaurants, hotels, and etc. And and it's all part of that mudgy wine region, as they call it. So you're starting to get some of the the grapevines now appearing in the landscape. Now that drive, I mean, the drive there, and if you did the turn off back at uh, back at uh, Cavity, and you headed down towards. Uh, Glen Davis, and then you're headed out towards Pantos, the road along there. Mate, that is really, really spectacular scenery. You've, you've got the sandstone cliffs in the distance, those big tall mountains that are part of that, uh, that big broad valley, uh, and beautiful long sweeping plains. At the moment, and you know, we're, we're talking, you know, now we've had rain, it, the whole place is lush and green. Uh, looks fantastic. There's even some big fields of canola I saw up there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so it's a very, very pretty area. From from Ralston, um, you follow what they call the Louis Road. That's L-U-E, uh, L-U-E, Louis Road. Go through the little town of Louis, and that takes you back into the heart of the wine region, which is the beautiful place of Mudgee. Uh, have you ever stopped at Mudgee, mate? Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it's a brilliant town, isn't it? It's a big town. Beautiful, it's a big uh, town. It is. It is. It's a yep. big. It's a lot bigger than what people think, and it's becoming more and more popular for things like weddings. People are going out and doing the um, yep. You know, because there's cheaper options out there with beautiful landscapes and vineyards and things. And uh, yep. like you say, it's just a beautiful part of New South Wales, country New South Wales, Mudgee. 
hundreds and hundreds of, of, of wineries out there now. Yeah. Wine, you know, wine, wine growing, uh, grape, grapevine growing is, is huge, is absolutely huge in that district. And um, lots of wineries that you can visit. Uh, yeah, as you say, perfect for, for weddings and that kind of thing. Uh, the town itself is really well served with lots of motels. I've stopped in there a few times with, with the car clubs I've been in over the years. Um, and a beautiful big uh, church in the main street uh, and the, one of the best bakeries, the Mudgery Bakery, mate. It's, it's, every time I head out west, we go out by a Mudgery. It's morning tea stop in the bakery in Mudgery. Mm. Uh, the best cream buns, mate. The best. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so then from, from Mudgee, uh, we're, we're going to take head, start to head east then. And, um, we, um, <clears throat> time's got a clear throat and choking up here. Must be the talking to you I'm overcome. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. But look, you head out and I just love this. There are two little places just out of Mudgee, right? Within the first 11 kilometres. One's called Buckaroo. <laughs> hey, Buckaroo, what do you think you're doing? You yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, and the other place is called Budgie Budgie. Yep. All right. Now I don't know. You know, you got you. Know, you don't call someone from Woi Woi. You know, Woi, and you don't. You know, and someone in Wagga Wagga say it's Wagga. Mm. Uh, so if you live in Budgie Budgie, is it just called Budgie or is it called Budgie Budgie? I think. Well, I've got to say, I think they just call it Budgie. Wouldn't they? I know they call Wagga Wagga. Yeah, but you but wouldn't call. But they woy, don't woy. call Woi Woi Woi. They don't do that. It's exactly. Weird. They don't do Woi Woi Woi. No. <laughs> Anyway, go on. There's a song about that, I think, mm. actually. Uh, but, yeah, look, the, within, within the first 11K uh, out of Mudgee, you've got these classic little little place names of, of Buckaroo and, and Budgie Budgie. Um, there's a lot of mining happening up in there. There's been a resurgence in, in mining up in the Mudgee area. And as we now head across towards uh, the little, little town of Bylong, so... Um, and these roads all used to be unsealed too, by the way, you know, mm. but they're all sealed now. I think they did the final section uh, of the Bialong Valley Way in about 2009. So, again, perfect for a car trip, a bike trip, you know, your car club, caravanning, whatever. You know, you're not going to have any issues with the road in terms of, you know, an unsealed section. Some of the side tracks we've mentioned, yeah, there's some unsealed roads there, but you can certainly stick to the blacktop if that's what you want to do. And look, that, that drive then across the Bylong, it's still really, really pretty. You've still got the sandstone cliffs and the sandstone mountains. It's all part of that, that great dividing range and the Hawkesbury sandstone that all lays out the, you know, to the west of Sydney. Now, I'm going to tell you a little fact. You might not know this, but you, would, you know of Fraser Island, don't you, mate? Yeah, I have been right? there. The, mm. the, largest, the largest sand island, I think, in the world. Again, there's another one. Yep. You know, you know, mate, all that sand comes from the Hawkesbury region, all right, and the Blue Mountains. Yeah, right. It washes de- down the Nepean River and down the Hawkesbury, goes out through Bo- Broken Bay, and then the currents pick up the sand and it takes it all the way up the north coast, dropping it on all the, the north coast beaches, the Gold Coast, the Sunshine Coast, and the sand that has formed Fraser Island is all from this the Hawkesbury sandstone region all out west, just west of Sydney. It's all these years that we're amazing, It's through. unbelievable. Yeah, you look it up, mate. That's a fact. I, you know, I googled it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm, actually, I learned that. I think I learned that at school, and I remembered that because it's such a fascinating thing to think about. You know, um, but look, it it's all a started with drive. one grain, one little grain, and the way it went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It all started in an ocean bed years ago. Mm. But um, 
Yeah, look, it's just a, a lovely drive, beautiful scenery, you know, sweeping sweeping roads, great for, you know, maintaining the speed limit but having fun at the same time. Um, and Bylong, at Bylong, there's actually a Bylong Creek just out of Bylong, there's the Bylong Creek 4x4 park. So even our four drivers are taken care of up there. Mm. Lovely big, big park, 800 acres the, the guys got up there. Uh, again, you've got some accommodation and camping. It's all pretty cheap. Uh, lots of tracks on there, ranging from easy route right through to the, you know, the rock hopping stuff that some of the guys want to do in their lifted trucks. So, you know, a, a great location to take the family. Very pet pet friendly. Take your dogs in there. Take the whole family. Uh, the Bylong Creek Four by Four Park. Um, look, mate, from Bylong we head across. Uh, we join. Joined the Golden Valley Highway at the little town of Sandy Hollow. Yes, and, uh, you know that? I've, had and a, I've had a big night in that pub one night. Did you? At Sandy yeah, Hollow. I, I couldn't believe I, it. We walked in and his Pixie Jenkins playing. We thought, mate, this will do us <laughs> for the night. It was pretty good, there you actually. Go. Isn't he the guy that used to play with uh, John Williams? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I've uh, I've seen him in concert a couple of times with Mister Williamson. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be unreal! Yeah, to rock into a little little pub there in Sandy Hollow and find Pixie playing. Yeah, it was good. It was, uh, uh, it was a good night. It was a good little town. Not much there, but uh, we were there. Not, not mate, a big town at all. Mm, yeah, yep. little pub. But again, very picturesque and right on right on the edge now of, of the Hunter Valley wine, winery. Again, so you come out of the Mudgy Wine region. We've crossed over the range, and there we've come down into that, that Hunter Valley, and of course that's a stepping stone into all the fantastic. Wineries and things are up there, and the, the, the you know the big gardens are up there as well. That that oh, I can't remember the name. What's the name of the gardens up there? Uh, someone will, someone listening will say it's such and such. Anyway, mm. they know what I'm talking about. And um, and, and you know it, again, it's uh, another place that you could even station yourself at. There's some little B and Bs there. There's a little caravan park in Sandy Hollow. And again, it's not in the really busy areas of Denman and Musclebrook and all those which get pretty busy you know they do get pretty busy yeah. and that's why I suggested coming back down the uh, the Putty Road because rather than heading across and getting caught up in all that you know city traffic and getting on the on the M1 or F3 or whatever it's F1 whatever it's called now mm-hmm. um, come down the Putty Road and of course that Putty Road fantastic drive winding through lots and lots of forests not very, not very populated at all, is it, mate? No, no, no just... not at all. I mean, once you hit Bulga, there's a great little tavern there too, the Bulga Tavern, just yep. at the very yeah. top, very top end of the Putty Road, and a lot of people, a lot of day trips, especially motorbike riders these days, mm. will do mm. the ride from Windsor to Bulga just to have lunch at the pub and and then come for the ride yep. back down the Putty. But uh, yeah, it's again, it's, it's not hugely populated. A bit of farming out there though. There's a four-wheel yeah. drive park out there, and amongst other things, um, yep. there's um, there's a couple of those big monasteries or whatever they are, church groups out there as well, which is that's right. Can be yep. a bit, bit yeah. can be a bit weird when you drive through at night and they've got this big illuminated cross. Yeah, it's like yeah. you know. I remember when they first put that up because it's the Putty Road's long, no phone service, and dark. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden there's this big crossing. What's going on here? I remember years yeah, ago when that first went up. The one thing yeah. I will say about the Putty Road is it's hugely popular. It, it copped a bit through the bushfires too, but prior yeah. to that and yeah. probably again now, there is a a huge wombat population there. 
and, uh, and you're not talking about the people. You're talking about no, the animal, I'm talking about the animal wombats, <laughs> and uh, and you've got to be very, very careful because uh, I've, I've you'll you'll see them um, as you know as roadkill a lot. But I know when you hit the one, a mate of mine hit one, ended up driving his car down the side of a mountain. Mm. So oh, yeah. you've got to be yeah. very, very, very that. careful. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, look, if you're coming down there late in the day or in the evening, yeah, you want to take off the speed a little bit because, mm. you, apart from the wombats, you've got the kangaroos and that as well. Yeah, and um, them there. And, and it is very windy, as you're saying. Yeah, they can come down off the banks, and there's not a lot of room if you leave the road either in some places. But, you know, it's a beautiful drive. I mean, it's a lovely location. Kylo Heights, is, is that campground still down there? On the yeah, not Kylo, Kylo there? yeah, there's one there. But yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah, no, and the thing is, too, when you first come into the putty, you've got the, what they call the 10-milers, which is 10, yeah. 10 miles of bends. Very, very okay. tight. And, um, and, yeah. and it's pretty famous. Um, it's a pretty famous term. But that's what they call it, the 10-mile. And that's because yeah. it's 10 miles of very tight bends. There's a, a beautiful little rest stop in there. There's some really good rest stops along the Putty Road where you can light a fire. They have little fireplaces yeah. in there as well. And then you've got the Grey Gums, which is a cafe. Uh, used to be the halfway. Remember the old halfway house? Yes, I remember there that. There at House yeah. Valley yeah. and, um, and yeah. Garland Valley. And basically it burnt down. But there's a if, as you come along, this bloke that's there now, has erected this massive steel statue of oh, some oh, sort yeah. of a, some sort of a spaceman, and, <laughs> and he, he does sausage sandwiches on the weekends from the old halfway house. But yeah, um, yeah, but if you yeah. uh, if you keep coming south of there, um, you'll come across the Grey Gums Cafe on the left, and there's overnight camping there and caravanning there as well for free. Um, oh, yeah, wow. which is yeah. Uh, which is uh, a pretty good deal. Free, you can't beat that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty hard, been hard to get it cheaper. Mm. <laughs> what, what are they paying you to stay? Are they? Yeah, oh, I'm right. Sorry, I should have known that. I'm talking to Vic Woodman, but yeah, the, <laughs> but the, yeah, but the uh, and, that's, and then all down through there. I love the drive through. Um, the I love the Putty Road. I I you I, I just I would love a dollar for every time I've been on it. Um, yeah, and driven yeah. it. Wow, it's a, it's I've I've done it you know hundreds and hundreds of times, and yep. um and, and and if I leave to go to Brisbane from here, I'll usually duck up the Putty Road, and whether I want to cut across then onto the yep. new freeway that hooks you back up, you know yeah. you know and now, now there's a new tunnel that's open the North Connects, but uh, from here it's just a great drive to, to go up the Putty Road. But like you said, yeah. there's plenty yeah. to do. You come into Colo Heights. And, uh, and one thing you might think about doing, Vic, up that way next time you're there, you know what, this is going to amaze you. I was only thinking about this the other day. <laughs> well, that amazed me that you were thinking. Yeah, yeah. no, but you, <laughs> know, but you know one thing I've <laughs> never done is driven into the little township of Putty. Yeah, okay. And, yeah, I, and, I've actually, and you've you know, done that road a hundred times. Yeah, I've never driven, I've off. never taken the turn off to yeah. go down into Putty, which is, I think there's only a few houses and a, you know, yeah. you know, a tea room or something. But yeah, I've never been yeah. down in there, and um, but any, anyway, obviously because I'm just sort of in a hurry to get going, or by the time I get to the party yeah. on the way back from somewhere, I just want to get back here. Time to get home. Yeah, yeah. but um, mm. but the, but you, but there is you do have that. And like I say, there's some great little rest stops. There was a lot of um, sand mining up there as well, and there used to be in the okay. old days up around there a lot of timber cutting, and there's yeah. some great four yeah. drive tracks up off the Putty Road as well. That you can yeah, take and yeah. some great fire trails and camping. I know there's yep. a, there's a four wheel drive and camping park up the Putty Road as well. I think it's called TJ's. 
But then you've got, yeah. and then once you get to Colo Heights, that's Colo, yeah, Colo Heights, you've got the service station there, which is a licensed service station with a little restaurant, which is wow. pretty good. Yeah. And yeah. then obviously you've got the drop down from there down into Colo itself. And um, again, that's all reopened again now. There on the the Colo River, there was a little roadhouse there that's reopened. There's a a private yep. caravan park there, which I, I don't think members of the public can go to. I think you've got to be in the know to get in there. Um, okay. Yeah, I've mm. never I've never mm. seen it open, but I've seen people in there. If you know mm. what I mean. But it's it's right on the Colo River. The river's pretty shallow there too, Vic. Yeah. Yep. Well, look, mate, I think, I think you know, with what's been happening in the world and, and the coronavirus and all that and the fact that a lot of people can't travel overseas, and, you know, we, we, we know it's going to happen and it's already happening that the tourism within Australia is going to boom. And um, and I, I think, you know, like road trips like this weekend escapes and all along these roads, we're going to see a resurgence in, in the little shops, the little cafes, the little trinket places mm. to service the people. Because I, I think it's going to be the boom, the boom industry of uh, as, as the outcome of the coronavirus is that you know we're going to see a lot more of these little places uh, pop up to, to cater for people wanting to get away on the weekends when they can, and and if you're un, uh, if you're lucky enough not to you know to to be retired now you know do the escape on through the week when it's a little bit quieter in these places so mm. you know this little drive you know like you could do this in two days you could take it for two weeks depending on how long you had mm. but it's a perfect two day driver an overnight stop in Mudgee. Um, and great for you, as I mentioned, you know, your, your car club, your bike club, a uh, group of friends, even towing caravans, and you can stay in some of these lovely places that we've mentioned. Mm. Uh, and it's right on our doorstep, mate. You know, like, yep. you know, for people living in Sydney anyway, you know, it's right on our back doorstep. And, you know, we could be out there on, you could be on it in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I'm, I'm, I'm right on there. And, and I often. I'll often go up both roads for a bit of a drive and check out some tracks, you know, up the putty and the bells line from here. So you know, yeah. I'm, I'm blessed being yeah. out here. It is, uh, it is good, yep. and um, which is probably the reason I'm all the way out here, which is why I'm allowed to go to Queensland now, Vic. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm stuck on the beautiful northern beaches, and I'm not allowed to go. Oh, I think you'll be right. <laughs> Leave another week or two. I reckon you'll be up there. All right, well, well, a good one this week. A good one. That is a good road trip, Victor. Uh, Don't forget, too, for people who want to get a few tips on uh, four-wheel driving, training, trips, all that sort of stuff, a bit of humour as well, go to YouTube, type in Vic Woodman, and, of course, make sure you check out Great Divide Tours or just go to the website, 4wd.net.au. Get get yourself a four-wheel drive. Get some training down at the Training Centre. It's a fantastic facility in Braidwood, New South Wales, where you will learn to do steep inclines and declines. You'll drive through mud, sand, rock. You've got your own water crossing there, Vic, haven't you? I sure have, and I'm so proud of that. It's a ripper. Four-wheel drive (laughs) courses. There's advanced training there as well for you four-wheel drivers out there. And, of course, don't forget, if you want to do one of the many trips that Vic does, same website, 4wd.net.au. And, like I say, subscribe to that YouTube channel, Vic Woodman. Victor, we'll do it again next week. Well, I might look forward to it. And, like I say, you know, every time we do the research on this or we start talking about it, a bit get itchy and I just want to get out there. Anyway, I'll talk to you soon. Good on you. There he is, (laughs) Vic Woodman. He's a good man. Great divide tours. Go to that website with a good road trip this week as well, all the way up the Bells line. Through Mudgee, through all that little northwestern country, regional New South Wales, and then back down uh, one of my favourite roads, the Putty Road. Now, as you know, this uh, podcast has been in partnership with. 
Top Parks for a long time now, and look, they've changed their name. How good is this? Because Top Parks, I think, started about 30 years ago, and since that time, they have been making um, Australian holiday memories everywhere, all over Australia, for many Australians. They have parks all over the place, and it's now G'day Parks, and the reason that is is because they just want you to stop in and say G'day. So G'day Parks now are all over Australia, and, of course, they are making... Um, affordable uh, holidays affordable again. They have Australia's largest choice of holiday parks in every corner of this country. G'day Parks offer the perfect place to pull up, relax and start exploring. If you love top parks, well, guess what? You'll love G'day Parks. You can book a self-contained cabin where you can park right outside your front door or pull up on your very own site with your caravan or motorhome. There is an absolute G'day Park holiday for everybody and, of course, for anybody's budget. And thanks to the G'day's Parks Rewards membership, that's it, you need to get onto that. Whether you're staying in a cabin or towing your caravan or camper trailer or even a roof tent on the roof, you can save money on every stay. With wide open spaces, plenty of fresh air and, of course, more parks in more places, you want to pop in and do that and just say G'day. To find out more, go to the website. Now, if you type in the old top parks, it'll come up, or you can just type in G'day Parks. And the new website's right there for you. G'day Parks. And well done. So they'll be saying g'day to people all over Australia. So go to that website. Just type g'day Parks into Google. I'm sure it'll pop straight up. They've been around for 30 years, Top Parks. Done a great job in looking after the Australian traveller and holiday goer. And um, I think uh, g'day is this is just going to be a part of a more ex- a very exciting future. And we certainly do wish them well. And, that, uh, and like I say, we'd like to talk about a caravan park on this trip and uh, the one I want to talk about today is out near um, Mudgee and we'll just quickly go through it. The Golgong Tourist Park which of course is part of the top parks or now known as G'day Parks family and uh, you, you need to um, check this out if you want to do that trip that we spoke about. It is an absolute cracking place there, Golgong which is only 28 k's from Mudgee and um, they've got a range of uh, fantastic cabins there. Standard two bedroom cabins, there's a deluxe cabin that sleeps six, a Another one that does, does uh, sleeps five. Main bedrooms with queen bed and, and all come with linen and towels. Second bathroom, a uh, second bedroom with double beds and single bunk on top made up with linen and towels as well. Self-contained contained kitchen, large fridge, cook, cooktop and of course convention microwave oven. There's a bathroom, shower room separately van- over the vanity and of course a separate toilet with a combined lounge and dining in the cabins. Um, and priced very, very, uh, the prices are very cost effective. We're 130 a night. I mean, hello. There's also some single rooms, some standard cabins there as well. And uh, like we say, a stack of sites um, for you caravanners as well, um, powered sites as well as uh, campsites. There's dump points there, shady sites for large caravans or motorhomes, camper trailers and tents. All sites have access to the fantastic amenities block, laundry, disabled toilet, barbecue area, and, of course, a camp kitchen. It's a great little spot out there, and if you're just looking for that little stop-off, you need to put the Golgong Tourist Park on your list. You can go to the website. You can just Google Golgong Tourist Parks or go through that G'day's Park um, website there. They certainly know how to do it, uh, top parks. 30 years ago, they started building and making Australian holiday memories. And, if, oh, and how many of you, especially of my vintage, remember those holidays when you were a kid, when you were just staying in those, you know, caravan parks and the like, and um, you don't lose those memories. And, and today, top parks, by way of G'day Parks, 
actually are continuing on with that tradition and uh, and good luck to them. And like we say, we certainly do appreciate them being a part of this podcast. Now, as well as Great Divide Tours and, of course, G'day Parks, we also do this podcast for you uh, thanks to BF Goodrich Tyres. Now, this year, BF Goodrich celebrates their milestone 150th year. From humble beginnings in 1870, BF Goodrich continues to be passionately performance-driven. The BF Goodrich brand was built for driving enthusiasts by driving enthusiasts. BF Goodrich strive to continually imp- uh, continue uh, to improve tyre performance and because of their adventurous spirit they've always encouraged people to seek the ultimate freedom on or off the roads so if you're taking off on a big road trip make sure you've got Beef Goodrich tyres Beef Goodrich has achieved victory in the biggest races across the globe from success at Le Mans the BAHA 1000 the Dakar Rally and of course our very own famous Fink Desert Race right here in Australia well it's time for BF Goodrich history and your future to unite choose how you want to drive with BF Goodrich tyres. I've been using them for a long time. They are a household name in Australia. I know that. BF Goodrich tyres. Go to bfgoodrich.com.au to find your local BF Goodrich dealer and they are certainly all over the place. Well, that is our our, uh, Road Trips podcast this week. We thank you for the support. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook to check out our own road trips and what we're up to. Just go to the Duck page. To do that, go to Facebook, type in the Duck Adventures. You will then see our page, the Duck. Give it a like and send us a message. You can also uh, email us through the week. And if you've got your own road trip you want to share with us, bluecollarmedia.com.au and click on email the Duck. bluecollarmedia.com.au media.com.au and click on email the duck a big thank you to um, G'day Parks as well as BF Goodrich Tyres and of course a special thank you to Vic Whitman from Great Divine Tours that is this week's Road Trips Australia we'll be back to do another edition soon we'll see you then